Hello and welcome to the Armchair Managers podcast. Of course, biggest transfer news as the transfer window slammed shut just a couple of days ago was us signing onto the podcast scene. I'm Ross Evans and my co-host is Dan Newton. Yep, that's me, Dan Newton. <laughs> so today we are going to be focusing on the Premier League transfer window. Yeah, um, mostly, yeah. Yeah, and then discuss the weekend's games going Man City Tottenham had some interesting points I think we need to discuss uh, mm-hmm. as well as Liverpool continuing yeah another 4-0 another 4 0 22 points clear 22 points clear can win the league in 4 games potentially yeah potentially but first big news we all want here transfers let's go so I guess first sort of transfers based on the weekend's games that we need to look at of course I think the Biggest name, Bruno Fernandes to United. Finally yeah. happened. Yeah, they got him over the line. Didn't look like it would for a long time, but eventually they got their man. Which is a good, I think it's a good signing, to be fair. Yeah, he looked impressive over the weekend. There was um, He looked like a commanding presence on the pitch. He was pointing to where he wanted players to run to. He's, his passing looked good. I mean, it was a nil-nil draw, so it's hard to say how much... He did contribute to the attacking uh, phase of Man United's game, especially with Rashford out injured. Yeah, certainly. I, I think when you look at their other midfielders, he certainly contributed a lot more this game, especially in an attacking sense. Yeah. Like uh, Pereira, again, just he's just not good enough for United. And I think Bruno Fernandes can really bring that creative spark to that midfield. That, that I think that's where they're most lacking. So yeah. You've got Fred now, who can do a lot of work. Fred's certainly having a better season than he did last year. Yeah, yeah, last sort of five, six games, he's definitely. Although he did, a lot. didn't exactly set the bar high, did he? No, he didn't. No, but he couldn't have done much worse. But you know, uh, you know, you can only ask him to improve at that point, and he's done that. And if you could, if Pereira and the other midfielders could improve to the same level, it'd be a lot better. Yeah, well, still got Pogba to return. Yeah. Scott McTominay to come back from injury. Um, so I think. With that signing and Rash Rashford come back, plays up front or on the wing, they definitely their attacking unit looks like it's going to be bolstered considerably by his signing. Yeah, certainly. I think that midfield on paper of um, Fred, Bruno Fernandez, and Pogba, it looks a lot better with Fernandez in there now. Yeah, he really offers that creativity that yeah that wasn't there before. Yeah, especially with players like Lingard underperforming. Yeah, definitely. massively and Mata not quite. Reaching the levels he was capable at. No, he's definitely um, not the player he was at Chelsea. No, no, but that that's you know down down to a different system, I guess. But yeah, he's yeah, certainly not reached those heights. Um, another man might sign Igalo yeah. in the CSL. I think that was a bit of a felt like a panic buy. Yeah, or panic loan in this sense. Yeah, um, but no, certainly he isn't the kind of striker, the kind of caliber that Man United are used to looking at. But he has got. Premier League quality did it at Watford performed well at Watford he did alright the thing I watched his goals at Watford after they signed him for United and the thing about a lot of his goals was he he played up front in the two with Deeney and a lot of his goals were picking up the flick-ons from Deeney and sort of going past the last defender with those flick-ons and I don't know if he's going to get that kind of service at United because he's not going to play up as a two obviously he's Mm. going to probably play as a one or off the bench so it'll be interesting how he fits into their system he certainly he does have some qualities. Yeah, you know he's, he's not a terrible player. No, he's strong. He, he looks like he as well as well as running behind. He might potentially, maybe not quite yet, 
the Warriors with the player that comes across from the Chinese Super League is is that level of football this is it going to is it going to translate well into the Premier League? Yeah, cause it's it's not up to the standard of the Premier League. You know, it's I know they've got a lot of big signs over there now, but the majority is still you know homegrown Chinese players that well certainly some of them are good players. It's not yeah. to the level of the Premier League. Yeah. Um, is it a transfer you see being made permanent? Especially, I think Igalo, obviously a big Man United fan, and potential massive wage decrease if he does stay in China with the new caps they're introducing. Is Certainly, it- um, I think he'll want it to be permanent. As you said, he's a big United fan. I think it all depends on how he does when he's on loan in the next six months. If he has a lot of goals, if he does well, then obviously I think they will make it permanent. I think they, I think they do have an option to buy him, don't they? They may do. I'm not, not too sure on that one, but I, if, I, I think I read that they did. Yeah. If not, it's my United. They can. Yeah. Buy a player like that if they have to. Uh, well, Edward Wood may have the ability <laughs> to make that deal magically disappear. Well, um, possibly. I think Man United, since statistic linked with 113 different players, over the January transfer window. Wow. Um, signed two. Well, they signed three. They did get Nathan Bishop from Southend United, so a young goalkeeper. But, but is that he, for their reserves? Yeah, he's not going to be challenging the hair, I don't think. Is this going to be? Is this another Kellett? Andy oh, Andy, Kellett. Andy Kellett on loan from Bolton. I, I think I think they've got higher expectations for a Bishop. Um, now that was a weird transfer. I don't they did sign Andy Kellett, yeah. but um, no, that that is one for the future. But he won't make the kind of impact to Galo Fernandez. Yeah. They you wouldn't expect him to. Do you think? Those two signings, though, Fernandez and Igalo, do you think that is enough to perhaps bolster United squad for the rest of the season? Maybe pick up from their their form, obviously in the Carabao Cup, won the win over City. Um, still went out there, didn't they? Still went out, yeah, because um, of a poor showing. That's I think that's a story of United season so far. They have some good performances, and they hit. They actually look like a team that you think. Okay, that this this could be a tough team to play, and then they, they almost seem to drop off the next game. Within a week, they're a completely different side. And will those two signings you know, help steady the ship, give um, Oli a bit more choice? Potentially, I think Fernandez is a player that can help unlock defenses when they're possibly playing against, you know, like a Burnley, like the other week when they lost two. No, I think they had him in there. I'm not saying it'd be a different result, but certainly he would have helped unlock the Burnley defense a lot more than whoever else played in midfield that day. So I think when they're playing teams lower than them, he'll give them a more creative spark to do that. But I think against the top six, where they had some of the better results, they're sort of the reason they've got those results is because they played defensively and counter-attacking. And I think Igalo could help from that point of view because he'll play up front with a lot of pace. But I think Fernandez, he'll be a lot better for the teams below them. Yeah. Moving on for to Man United's biggest rivals, Liverpool. Uh, brought in Minamino at the be- very beginning of the window, so we've seen a bit of him now. What's your, what's your impressions on him? Well, he's not exactly hit the ground running, but um, he doesn't really have to. They're in that mm. situation in Liverpool where they didn't need to sign anyone. So it, I think it's just they went out and got him because they obviously want him for the next couple of years. I think that's more in mind for, for playing when Salah and Mane are injured. I think he will come good from what I've seen of him at Salzburg when he played against Liverpool. He is a good player. I think he just needs to adapt to the Premier League a bit more, and he should come good. Yeah, I think from what seen play, he looks. He's certainly got the pace for the man. Uh, for certainly got the pace for Liverpool's style of play. I 
feel like it's a when I've seen him play, he's played out on the left in Mane's role, especially with him out injured now. I think that's where we're going to see Minamino. And I do wonder, is he, while he says he's comfortable, I think he was more... I still think he's more of a central player. I think that's where he... Yeah, I think he's... <clears throat> a Mason Mount plays centrally with a tendency to drift wide. However, he's st- if he's starting wide, I'm not sure if he's going to be as yeah, effective. Yeah, I, I think he would be more effective in a number 10 role. But obviously Liverpool don't play over number ten, so mm. he'll have to make work of the wings. Yeah, like standing out there and maybe coming inside more when he plays on the left. Yeah. So and apart from that, they also signed young lad. Yeah, the guy from uh, Brentford, Joe Hardy, I think. Joe Hardy. Yeah. Yes. I think he'll he'll be enough one who'll come and play in the the youth yeah. system. I wouldn't expect him to be in their sort of squad. I mean, maybe he will. Maybe it will surprise a lot of people, but. Yeah, I think Liverpool are really with players like Harvey Elliott they got from Fulham. They're really building up their academy. Yeah, for the next couple of years. And I think hopefully he's a player as well that fits the Liverpool uh, way of playing. The way Jurgen Klopp's got the first team playing, we've seen it in the FA Cup and other cop competitions where he's rotated in the youngsters. That that philosophy is right through the club now. It's yeah, yeah, at every definitely. level they they play at the same style. Um, so yeah, hopefully it'll be a good sign. One might might see in the future. Yeah, I definitely. I think that's the next sort of four or five years in mind. Yeah. And speaking of Liverpool, it's second place, twenty two points ahead of Man City, who didn't sound like they did an awful lot. I don't think they signed the anyone. Well, they didn't sign anyone of note. Um, they had a couple outgoing, sort of uh, Patrick Roberts on loan to Middlesbrough. And sign of I think Angelino went out back on loan to Leipzig. Yes. Yeah. So if anything, they've weakened their squad. Mm. But I think it's kind of a case that the signs they need to make are more. Yeah. Bigger signings than you necessarily want to do in the January transfer yeah. window. Do you think they still obviously? Imeric Laporte's returned from injury, mm-hmm. or it's there or thereabouts. Yeah, he's getting he's closer. Do they still need to sign another centre back though? Still I, haven't I, I replaced company. Yeah. Fernandinho, the experiment with Fernandinho at centre back, arguably hasn't worked. I, I don't think it has. I think he's a very good player and he's very good playing in front of that back four. Yeah. But I think when you move into centre back, he's not as good at centre back. And yeah. you, they, you then obviously lose his presence in midfield. So I think they definitely need to sign a bigger sort of star centre back, if you would, to play in that role for the going forward. We've also tried Rodri. In that role, in the centre back role, um, again, Rodri, I think, has got more of the physicality to play that role. He's taller, he's strong, strong boy as well. Fernandinho has been sort of found out as a centre half. Again, we know he's a phenomenal midfield player, but as a centre half, I think when he comes up against like a side like Burnley with strikers like. Chris Wood, Ashley Barnes. Yeah, he'll get bullied could, by those big yeah. traditional numbers. Their, their eyes are going to light up. I mean, it's like you can put, you know, no player, no matter how good they are, if you play them in the wrong position, they're not going to perform. And he's done as well as he could in that position. I think they just need someone who is a natural centre back. Yeah. I, honestly, I think they need two, to be honest. I think they need a main one to partner Laporte and then someone to come in if there's more injuries next season. Yeah, I think I think that may also pave the way for Otamendi to leave in the summer I don't think he's been no he's not, not stepped up not been fantastic he's got error prone he's a bit older than John Stones who 
I mean, he's not had a good season either. Stones has not had. He's had, he's had a couple of injuries as well. Yeah, I, I mean, I, not, I think they do just fantastic, need. Fantastic, is he? No, they need someone. I mean, I don't know who's out there right now that they could get, but they need someone who's going to be you know, a leader in that back four. Yeah. You know, when they lost company, you know, everyone say they haven't replaced them, which they really needed to do. And you know, when you don't replace a leader like that, not only are you using or losing his quality as a defender, you're losing that voice in the dressing room. Yeah, and they just haven't got someone like that to fill that void. I wonder if with the unrest at Napoli at the moment that maybe Koulibaly might be a player they go for. Possibly. Um, I know uh, Koulibaly's been linked to Arsenal quite a lot as well. As well as United. Yeah. Um, Be a big move if it happens. A lot of money will be spent in that move. I believe it was rumoured about 80 to 90 million last summer when he was linked to Man United. Hmm. He is a player who's been linked to United I think for the last three seasons but then again which player hasn't yeah I think as you alluded to when we talked about United hundreds yes. of players get linked to them every yeah. window um, but I think that's more of just the global influence that Man United have financially they're still the biggest club in the world yeah of course Yeah, so, I mean, a lot of people want to play for them still irrespective yeah. of their position in their league yeah um, moving on Arsenal having a bit of a renaissance yeah they had an interesting under, under Arteta, who is looking like Pep version 2. Yeah, well, I think since he's left, Man City have not had the best run. Also, I don't think that's down to Arteta leaving, but it's. I think Arsenal fans on Twitter would like to pretend that it is. Mm. <laughs> and they brought in Pablo Mari yeah. on loan and Cedric yeah. from Southampton. Yeah, Cedric from Southampton and uh, Mari from Flamengo. I, I, think, I think they have options to buy both of them. Or I think Mari they might do. Yes, I'm not sure I think about it's Suarez. I think it's eight million pound in for each of them. So for the oh, pair, okay. sixteen million. Which Cedric we know is a proven Premier League performer. He's been reasonably consistent. Kind of fell out of favour under Hassan Hootel at yeah. Southampton, but we know he can be solid. Yeah, I, th- um, I think he's he's nearing the end of his contract as well. Yeah, so I think he's maybe been running it down. So that's maybe why Southampton haven't yeah. been playing him. And obviously Arsenal had a bit of an issue at right back with Bellerin being injured and Ainsley Maitland-Niles did an okay job there but yeah, maybe he doesn't have the defensive it's output it's a bit like Fernandino at Man City it's yeah. just not his position yeah. and he's just he's a makeshift right back so I think getting in someone who can play there when uh, Bellerin is injured is a great move even if it's just for this season and they go and get someone else in the summer I think it's still a position they need to fill and I think Mari as well is a good signing as well yeah. they, you know they're not world class players they're not mm. players that you're going to go wow that's going to take Arsenal to the next level yeah. but they'll be good squad players for them yeah again a Arsenal backline that has got a mistake in it has to be said mm-hmm. um, held on to squadron Sh- uh, Mustafi which a lot of people didn't think would happen they thought Mustafi was done at Arsenal as well Yeah, but Arteta seems to be showing faith in him well I think the last sort of two or three games he has done slightly better than he was doing I think um, if they drew a uh, 0-0 with Burnley on the weekend, and while you, you expect Arsenal to maybe win that game, I think defensively he did an okay job. So, uh, you know, I think they're moving in the right direction, these signings, but I think Arteta's got a bigger job on his hands to sort of get his way of playing into those players. Yeah, it's not going to be a fix in one window, is it? I think yeah, needs... no, I, I don't think anyone expected them to no, definitely, the team definitely needs the summer window as well. Yeah. I, think, I think we're going to see a massive overhaul at Arsenal during the summer. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I think Wayne needs to be backed by the board as well. Because if they do, they're going to have a lot of outgoings. He'll need to bring players in as well. Yeah. 
now that we considered what we sort of considered the bigger teams, and obviously we have maybe we looked over Chelsea and Leicester, who you know have, again having Leicester having a good start to the season, not much in the way of transfers from Leicester, and I think very little from Chelsea as well. Well, Chelsea didn't sign anyone, which I think was a big surprise. Um, yeah. You know, obviously they had the uh, transfer embargo lifted early. Yeah. So I thought, okay, now they'll go out and get a lot of good players to see Frank style, but they just didn't. Um, but they didn't lose a Giroud either, though. I know he hasn't played much. Yeah, was linked with Inter Milan. I think. I think he was linked with everything. He was linked to Tottenham, yeah. Man United. I think the deal, he was reportedly quite upset that he didn't get his move away. Yeah. Um, he wants to play football, doesn't he? He wants, and he's a, especially with the Euros coming out. I still think he's an underrated player. Yeah, certainly. I think you know he's a he's a good player. He does what he does well. Yeah, and there's not a lot of players that play in his kind of mould now. Yeah, lacking pace has to be said. If you want a striker to get in behind, be able to run from deep to get in behind, he's not your man. This is a this is a you know a man that you kind of want to play the ball into his feet and build an attack off him because what he, his technical ability is. Incredible. Yeah, I mean, you look at the goals he scored over the years. He scored some yeah. incredible you know, technical goals. Yeah. I mean, no one's doubting him from that point of view. It's just he lacks pace. Yeah. And I think the way most teams play now, it yeah. doesn't really suit him as much. There's a, there's a lot more emphasis on fast counters and fast breaks and fast build-up, which if he, he can't... Yeah, it's just, can't it's just not his game. You know? No. But uh, moving on from that, I think the team both really interested in just sitting below these teams and around the same levels and Sheffield United we know that Chris Wilder's got them playing an excellent brand of football um they've got the second best goal difference in the league behind Liverpool and made some good business in traps window as well yeah I think their season's just going from strength to strength you know they started very well and they've really built on it in January you know, they've got so many good players like Sander Berg from Genk. I think he's a, a player that might surprise a lot of people. I think he really suits the way they play. You know, he's a big, strong player, but he's very good on the ball as well. Good anchor. Yeah, so I think going into that midfield, it will do an excellent job there. And Wilder appears to be maybe going for another Ravel Morrison-esque rescue mission by bringing in Jack Rod- Rodwell. Yeah, that, that's, that's probably the worst business they've done. I mean, maybe he'll surprise us, but... yeah. He didn't exactly set the world alight the, the last four he, he, years. Robert was an interesting player, wasn't he? He looked like a world beater at Everton. A um, few England caps. Went to City and nosedived. Yeah, he just didn't Unfor- play, did he? Unfortunate with injuries as well, has to be said. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, he, didn't, he went to City, he didn't play. He went to Sunderland, he didn't really play. I think he lost... 33 games in for Sunderland. Yeah. I mean, that, that might need a fact check. We might need a fact I, I know, I do recall he had some kind of bizarre record that he, he every time he played, they would lose. Or something yes. like that. I don't think he won very but, many games them at all. But, um, it, yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's just, also, it's a, I'd like to see it because there's a talented player who certainly, we, we know what he can do, but he's just not been able to produce it for... Years now, again the same as Ravel Morrison, who I believe they loaned out to Middlesbrough. I, th- I think he went to Borough, yeah. I think yeah. he did, yeah. And Jonathan Woodgate said he wants to help Morrison fulfil his potential. Twenty six now, 
you know, they say that your peak years come up between the ages of 27 and 30. Is it too late for him? I mean, I mean, you never know. He could, you know, sort his head out and get under a manager that really backs him and backs the way he wants to play. And he could go and score 20 goals. You, you just don't know. But, well, I mean, it's a very cliche, but anyone can do anything. You know, he can have a hell of a season if he tries to. And it, it just all comes down to luck and circumstances a lot of it. Yeah. And I, I, I'd like him to do well. I'd like Rodwell to do well. I don't think anyone wants these players to do badly. But it's just whether it actually works out, we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, because, again, Morrison was talented player. Sarats Ferguson, the most talented player he's ever seen. And, the, you know, it's the man who coached the class of 92, Cristiano Ronaldo, Wayne Rooney in his prime. Mm-hmm. Tevez, you know, he's... Yeah, I mean, you go through the squad, players are playing yeah, incredible players. Phenomenal chance to put this kid on the pedestal above them is exceptional, and it's a shame that we, you know, never really got to see that. Yeah, I mean, it's like I said, I think everyone wants him to do well, you know, I don't think most people are looking at him, oh, I'm glad he's failing, because no one wants to see a player fail. Mm. They want to see a player do well, and hopefully he can do it down in the championship, Yeah, but it remains to be seen. Yeah. Um, from one surprise, positive surprise in Sheffield United to a team that haven't got going all season, Tottenham. Yeah, obviously changed the manager under Mourinho now. Yeah. And I, I, I think the business they've done in January is very good. Yeah. As we saw, it worked, worked out. Simon Bergwin, big win over City. Big, yeah. important win for Tottenham. Great goal in his debut. Yeah, in Incredible volley, just just on the edge of the box. Yeah, on the half turn as well, pass. Edison. He was, he was Edison. Edison. Yeah, yeah he's, he's, he's a difficult keeper to beat on his day. Yeah. Um. So, look, promising start for Bergwin. Yeah, definitely. Um, I know they had um, Gedz and Fernandez on the bench as well. Yeah, I, I think L- loan signing isn't. It? Yeah, he yeah. is on loan. Yeah, again, I, I don't know. If it's one of an option to buy. I feel like every yeah. loan is an option yeah. to buy these days. And the Lo Celso deal made permanent as well. Yeah, I mean, I know there are rumours of it maybe not happening earlier in the year. That maybe yeah. they change their mind. But I think yeah, the last couple of weeks he's really finally adapted to the Premier League. Yeah, and c- certainly the with Christian Eriksen leaving for Inter. Yeah, I they, think they making that making that deal permanent was a better. You know, it, it was something they needed. Um, yeah, it makes their squad look in a lot better shape. Well, the, the level of pettiness from Tottenham's social media to announce him within minutes of Ericsson's departure being announced. I, I didn't see that. But... Within a very short space of time. Oh, Ericsson's gone. Oh, by the way, we got Lo Celso. Yeah, I, I, I think a lot of people at Tottenham probably weren't happy with how Ericsson's, uh, how he's worked these last sort of yeah. Six months how he's just run his contract down and his attitude, but it's football, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's a talented player as well. Yeah, obviously, I'm Very sure, I'm sure they would have wanted to keep him if he could get his head yeah. right, but. Didn't want to be there anymore, did he? Yeah, and, and when that happens, you become relatively powerless, I think. Yeah. With these big players nowadays, you just have to let them yeah. go and get what money you can. Yeah. But as I said, big win against City, new signing, looked impressive, so had to keep an eye on him. Might. Yeah, certainly. I think he surprised a lot of people um, yeah. with that goal. I, I mean, I don't think a lot of people really knew an awful lot about him coming mm-hmm. in. I think he looks like a very good player. Yeah, but not the number nine we expected him 
no. to, to fill Harry Kane's position. He's still out injured. May not be back towards the end of the till towards the end of the season. Although he has been shown recovering in in the gym, he's working yeah, on I, it. I think you heard he was on some warm weather training, uh, so he missed the the game against Man City. Yeah. Although I think that might be code for he was in America watching the Super Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, he's a big fan of the Super Bowl. Yeah, he, he is. Yeah. He loves his NFL. Um, but no, you're right. He he is a big miss, and they haven't yeah. really filled his gap. I know um, there was talks of Giroud or even Igalo going there. Yeah. Um, but it didn't work out, and there was, you know, some st- what appeared to be some good strikers available as well. Cavani as well was supposedly available. Yeah, don't don't think he got his move in the end. I don't think he did. No, I I might be wrong on that, but I I didn't hear him leaving. No, he he, he I know rejected United and stuff like that. Uh, because he favours a move to Spain. Okay. Uh, particularly Atletico Madrid's been teams. Yeah, you too. would think that he would really need to that kind of yeah. play under Atletico. Yeah, but um, that does pose the issue as okay, Son can play up front. Uh, Lucas Moura can do a job there, but they certainly don't offer what Kane offers. No, no, very different players. Um, I think obviously they would have wanted someone to come in, but if you can't yeah. do the deal, then you just got to have to make do with what you can have. Yeah, and in Bergwin, I think they have got a good, exciting attacking player. Whether it means Son plays up front or Mora, and he fills one of their positions, I don't know yet. It's hard to say. Yeah. Um, any other signings across Premier League that sort of caught your eye? Well, I I think one um, did or two actually. Uh, West Ham Wolves, I think, did some okay business. I think yep. Jared Bowen from Hull going to West Ham. Yeah. I think that's a really good player. I yeah. think they've got someone who's really going to fill the gap from West Ham's team because I don't think they have, outside of Felipe Anderson, who hasn't really played well this year, and yeah. Snodgrass, they don't really have that really attacking, goal-scoring winger. And I think he'll do really well if he can replicate his championship form in the Premier League. Yeah, He's got a lot of goals over the last or two seasons. Yeah, we've got, we've got to see how he steps up and adapts. Though. Yeah, of course, that's always the question when a player goes from, well, any league to the Premier League, but especially the championship is whether they can take their game to the next level. Yeah. And hopefully he will, because he's like a very exciting young player. Yeah. Yeah, certainly. And Wolves, you say, with the, with the signings, again, Wolves, we know, had a bit of a rocky start at the beginning of the season. Yeah, they, they've really stepped up now. Yeah. I mean, really troubled Liverpool um, two weeks ago. Yeah. Um, to be honest, were unlucky not to win the game. Yeah, to certainly. I think you look at the chances they had. I think if they were playing... Any other team this year, they might have won yeah. that game. But I mean, what live at the moment? Liverpool, you just can't see a way around them, can you? Yeah, they've just got something about them. Yeah, you know, outside of their obvious qualities, they just refuse they're, to be beaten. Their their C game seems to be better than most teams' A game. Yeah, yeah. and oh, it's incredible mentality. Absolutely, well, I think it was. They they brought in some good players. I think. Daniel Peldens from Olympiacos. Yeah. He, looked, he came off the bench against United and he, he looked very good. Yeah, caused some trouble for, I think, Spurs in the Champions League as well for Olympiacos. Yeah, possibly. I, I yeah. know he scored in the Champions League for them this year. Yeah, was, I think think one was against Spurs at it, least. It could have been. But no, he looks like a very good player. Yeah. Yeah, and looks like he'll suit Wolves. So I think Nuno is that sort of manager as well. It's like, I don't know if I can think of a player who hasn't improved under him. Yeah, I think that their sort of transfer, or whoever's doing it, I don't know whether it is Nuno or it's director yeah. football, I don't know what the situation is there. But whoever's bringing in these players is doing a good job. Yeah. They really suit the play, the way they play. Yeah. 
Speaking of Liverpool, 4 0 at the weekend. Yeah. Against Southampton. Yeah. It's 0 0 at half time, to be yeah. fair. Yeah. Southampton put in a dogged performance. You know, they looked up for it. Certainly didn't look like the team that got beaten 9 0 by Leicester. No, I, I mean, to be fair, I think since that 9 0, they've looked yeah. a different team completely. So they've yeah. really recovered from that very well. Yeah, and do you think 4 0 is maybe a bit unfair? Um, on Southampton possibly I mean I think it was more of a case that Liverpool just took their chances and yeah. maybe filled their boots a little bit towards the end of the game yeah I think there's a couple of mistakes in Liverpool's back line yeah bit maybe is there maybe a little bit of arrogance creeping in In not as it, um, you want the team to be arrogant and believe they're going to win but is it maybe that sort of heading towards a negative side now where it's almost overconfident yeah I mean I think that they are just a team of confident players, and I think yeah. I think it's less to do with overconfidence and maybe just kind of, you know, they took it a little bit easy. You yeah. know, I don't think it's a, a big issue for them. Yeah, I think it's just a one-off game where yeah. I know in the first half I think Danny Ings slipped past them and yeah. maybe could have had a penalty. Yeah, I personally didn't think it was a penalty, but I know some people did. Yeah, uh, if they do get a penalty and go one and up, changes the game. Yeah, but obviously they didn't, and Liverpool do what Liverpool do, and they went yeah. in took their chances yeah Mo Salah scoring again it just seems to have picked with, especially with Mane's injuries seems to have picked his game up just at the yeah, right time I think he got two I think Firmino as well I think he had three assists that game yeah Firmino yeah three assists um, yeah. I know I don't think he scored at home this year but no. he's still playing very well yeah he Firmino's one he contributes so much more than just goals doesn't he he's not your traditional number nine he, he drops into the pocket of space you'd expect to see a 10 in yeah. makes him very difficult to pick up for defenders and all three seem to be comfortable playing anywhere across that line and not just Mane uh, Firmino and Salah Origi uh, Minamino has shown has gone out left again as yeah. I said I'm not sure if that's his position yet and I'm sure Shakiri can go out and do that. Yeah, I'd love to see more Shakiri. I think he's a talented, really he talented is a good player. player. Yeah, I, but I just the thing with Liverpool is they've got so many talented players now going forward. Yeah, but they don't really need them because they have arguably the best three in the world. Yeah, <laughs> Mane, Salah, and Firmino. But no, I think going forward, I, I don't think they really are going to be too concerned with Mane's injury. No, it's not ideal. But like you said, yeah, there are so many players that are coming and replacing. Yeah. And Chamberlain can play out there as well. And he's yeah, yeah, if he has to. Come yeah. back from came back from his injury, hit the ground running. It doesn't look like he's missed a step. You know, mm. after an injury, you expect to see players who take a little more time to settle in, but just yeah, hit wind yeah, him up, I, I, set him off again. I think he's one of those players that he's, he's had so many injuries over the years. Yeah. That now when he comes back, he's just so eager to make yeah. up for it that you know he doesn't weight he just goes yeah. 100% all the time which you love to see he's a great player I love yeah. watching him play and as we've alluded to earlier on the podcast uh, Tottenham beating Man City 2-0 yeah. giving Liverpool a 22 point lead means that Liverpool mathematically I believe can win it with if City lose twice in the next four and Liverpool win all four games that's title Liverpool at home to Bournemouth and something like that I think it'll be the earliest ever confirmed title victory possibly I I think as well there's so many I mean permutations of ways it could go but I think if now they just win six games they win the title regardless yeah. that's that's what I saw on the BBC today maybe yeah. the BBC are wrong you don't know but um, 
It's certainly, I mean, it's, they're going to win it, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, you can't look past because I mean, the gap between Liverpool in first and Man City in second is 22. To put into perspective, I believe the gap between team in fifth, can't remember the Whoever it is, it might be and United bottom first. of the table is 18 points. There's a larger gap between first and second than fifth and 20th. That is, I think that's incredible. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's unprecedented. So I know we've yeah. had some great sort of title-winning teams over the years, you know. Yeah. Man City over the last two years, go back to the Invincibles Arsenal, but yeah. what Liverpool's doing is completely different to what yeah. those teams did. And, is... and maybe that is to do with the quality in the league this year, you know. A lot of players have not performed to the level they normally would have. Yeah. But certainly, you know, they're a great team. Yeah, it's... It, it really is astounding, isn't it? <laughs> but on, on the Tottenham game... VAR. <laughs> I'm so glad we got we, to talk about we this. We cannot avoid it because, again, <sighs> farcical. It almost implemented in the same way that it would be used in a rugby game in that something's happened that will let the game go on until we can mm. make a decision rather than having them all waiting. I mean, for all its all its flaws, VAR, I think that, that period with the penalty was... Maybe the most entertaining ten minutes of football I've seen. Yes. And then maybe they kicked the ball twice in that period. Yes, it was. It was so bizarre and, and entertaining. I, I loved it. But should the game, if VAR's making the decision, should they have said to Mike Dean, "Look, stop the play now," because it took them two minutes where the game played on, and you know, so Tottenham go up the other end and score, and then VAR yeah, does the goal get taken away? And do, then, can, have, are you taking that away from? Yeah, the player, the team, the fans. Because you can't sit... They sit there and watch what could, you never know, be a great counter-attack, one of the most fluid moves of the season. And you just go, oh, no goal. We've made a mistake. Sorry about that. Yeah, no, I do think they should stop the play. I mean, first of all, I don't know why it took them two minutes to go. That's a penalty. Yeah. I mean, I don't know why Mike Dean didn't go a penalty in the first place, because it, it was clear. But yeah. I, I think in that case, they should just stop the play. What Once that sort of phase goes dead, it doesn't have to necessarily go out and play the yeah. ball. But once it's clear that you know, it's not when someone's running through on goal or something like that. Just stop the play. Yeah. Mike Dean, come and have a look at it or we'll tell you it's a penalty. Like, yeah. it, it doesn't need to waste that much time. And then, so, penalty gets awarded. Yeah. Penalty gets taken and yeah. saved. It's saved by the race. And Sterling comes onto the ball. Yeah. He, d- he does nip the ball ahead of Larice. Yeah. But maybe you're thinking he goes down before Larice actually yeah. touches him. It looks certainly from the angles I've seen, it doesn't it doesn't look like Larice makes contact. It yeah. looks like Sterling is going down already. He's preempted it. Yeah. Is it then a case that that VAR should have been used then? Because it wasn't. And if yeah. so well, the, the, does Sterling get a second yellow? Exactly. For well, the thing about VAR is it's sort of I think it's only supposed to be for red cards, goals, and things like that. Very serious clear, things. Clear and obvious errors. Clear and know. obvious errors. But the thing is, is a second yellow card then a clear and obvious error for a red card? Like, where, where do you draw the line? Because arguably, you know, if you go to it so much for every kind of yellow card decision, you're going to stop the game constantly. I think, yeah. personally, for that one, for me, I don't think it's a second yellow. I think, you know, the line of what is a dive and what is just going down easily is... A very interesting. You, you thing. can argue it's pro- almost protective action. Yeah, well, if a player, and then this wasn't happening, if a player comes in, goes a slight after you, and you jump over the tackle and go down, is that a foul? You know, you dodge the contact, but you did it to get out of the way of it. Yeah. You know, 
it's where you find that line is I think something we need to decide on yeah I'm not entirely sure where it is personally so it there's a lot of confusion with the rules isn't it the rules yeah. got altered to introduce VAR but there's confusion around those rules certainly seen the Bundesliga had VAR last season and they weren't happy with it and then the rules changed and the the levels of unhappiness with it increased yeah well it's all about... I mean, we're only doing it for a year or two now across the world, so... Yeah. Obviously, it, it's going to take improvement. It's going to take different kind of implementation. Yeah. I think, going back to the Spurs and City game, one big question for me is, you know, Lloris was off his line when he saved the penalty. Yeah. Is But that's not something VAR look at, apparently. Apparently, but it that's has, found... it has been... Exactly. I think yeah. in the Women's World Cup, VAR did look at it. Yeah. But I would question, why doesn't VAR look at that in the Premier League? Because that's something that is clear and obvious yeah that's not you know interpretation that's while he was off his line retake the penalty yeah so I think that was the biggest thing for me like why didn't they retake it which again as we've said before that's potentially that's retaken or and they score that it's a different game VAR's used to look at the Sterling Lloris incident and either penalty gets given in favour of Sterling and they score that different game Or st- alternatively, Sterling gets sent off a s- simulation, second bookable offence, different well, game. The interesting thing, I think, was Zinchenko, who did eventually get sent off to Yellows, I think he got booked after the sort of mm. arguments between the Man City Spurs players after Sterling yeah. went down. But I think the Zinchenko one was a second offence. Oh, no, certainly was, I do, but it, it was, it's interesting that he got his first one yeah. because of all the VAR controversy. Yeah, I think... But if that's dissent, that's dissent. He's, he's got... Yeah, no, absolutely. They, they've got the right decision. Yeah. It's just interesting how all the VAR eventually caused him to, well, dissent against that. I mean, he doesn't have to dissent, you know. Yeah. It, all that stuff happening kind of angered him and he did what he did. Yeah. He got booked and then he gets a second booking later on. Which, there's no dispute. They say... He's, they're trying to indicate shoulder to shoulder but if you well, look on the replay he's not looking at the ball yeah, he's looking straight shoulder at the man shoulder to shoulder only matters if you're going for the ball Yeah, he's just going for um, Harry Winks I think it was yes Harry Winks on the break and Zinchenko comes across no he's not looking to play the ball no. he's looking for the man and I, I think mean, again he's, he's got his head on the to NFL fair, to be fair to Zinchenko I, I didn't realise Winks had so much pace no I, th- <laughs> I think it was a shock to us all to see Winks accelerate at such a rate but yeah, yeah, certainly can't complain about the second one. No, no. I think, to be fair, for all we're talking about VAR, I think it did actually get most of the decisions right. Apart from yeah. maybe the penalty should be retaken because he was off his line. Yeah. But apparently that that's not how VAR is supposed to be implemented. But the the decisions, they're coming to... Okay, offsides apart. Yeah. Because that's, that's a whole that different like, kettle talk, of fish. Talk for that for an hour. That, yeah, that's, that's a whole podcast in itself. But certainly... The decision it came to, I think, was correct. Mm-hmm. However, again, letting play go on for two minutes before he said, "Um, we need to have a look at this." That's yeah. that's not that, acceptable. Yeah, that should that should not happen. No, that you really cannot do that. Yeah, because that, like I said, that opens a whole another kettle of fish. If someone goes and scores, then you've yeah. got to bring it all back. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then of course you're adding the time on the end of the game. Yeah. Um, I mean, he gets fast. Some of these games with the amount of VAR and injuries and things that you can get like ten minutes of added time in some of them. Yeah, it's farcical. Yeah. Um, any other games that caught your eye this weekend? Um, well, I watched Burnley Arsenal, which yeah, nil nil. But 
it's interesting you look at those two teams like it was a good performance by Burnley and you normally expect Arsenal to go and win that game and they've had a bit of luck over Burnley for the last couple of seasons yeah but it's just it was frustrating to watch because they're just not up to the levels that you would want them to be and I think it says it all that you know it's nil-nil like no one wants to watch that yeah <laughs> like for all Arteta's supposed to bring this one for football to Arsenal it's just I don't know whether it's the players right now or what but it's just not really doing as well as they should be it yeah. was a rubbish nil now. yeah I mean Burnley should have won Rodriguez should have scored at the end but yeah managed to hit the bar from about two yards out <sighs> excellent he's <laughs> Rodriguez a, he can he's an incredibly good striker of the ball is he a Premier League quality player I think for, for his for overall his, game for a team like Burnley I think he is I think he can do a job for them and I don't want to sound disrespectful to Burnley because I think they're a good team you know they play in a really good good way I like I like their style mostly because it's very different to what everyone else plays it's a lot more traditional style yeah and I think for a team like that he can certainly do a job for them I mean you look at his goal against Man United the other day it, it was him that scored wasn't it yeah on his left foot yes. yeah, that, yeah that was a that was a great strike yeah. then he has to play Arsenal he's two yards out hits yeah. it against the underside of the crossbar you know it's yeah he's certainly he's a good player that could be doing better but I think for a team like Burnley, he's fine. Yeah. Come towards the end of the podcast now. I think it's fair to say, Dan, what are you, who are your three winners this week? F- three winners? Three what, winners. From the transfer window or? In, in, in general, transfers, um, weekends, games. Who, who do you see big, big winners? I think number one, I've got to put Spurs. You know, they got a good win against City. I really like the business they did. I think Bergwin's going to be a great player. Yeah. And I just... I like the direction they're going. I know they're obviously losing Harry Kane, but I think Mourinho is a good manager still. Yeah. I think in a year or two, they'll be right back up there in the in the top four. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Number two, who are you going for? Um. I mean, we're sick of Devon talking about Liverpool. Have got to be one of them. Yeah. You know, four 0 win, Minamino the sign at the start. He didn't have to do any business, but the business yeah. they did do was good. You can't you can't not put Liverpool up there at the moment. Every time they pick up a point or. A win, big three points on the road. It's, you know, the I think the only downside really over in the last month is that is the Sheffield, Sheffield. The only downside of the last few months is the Shrewsbury game. Yeah, um, and even then, that thing else the, the UK. Yeah, yeah, it was the kids with a couple of non-regular first-team players. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you can't look past them, can you? No, and and in third, maybe controversially, because I I normally go on about how much I think they're rubbish. But I will give it to Man United. I think. Okay. Because mostly just because of Bruno Fernandez, because I think he is a very good player, and Igalo. As much as we like to joke about him, about he's a kind of a panic buy. I think he might do a job for them. Okay, interesting. Because I would, I would have had personally myself. I'd have, despite the Fernandez signing, and Igalo coming in. I still think they're. I'd still probably have them on the losers. I, I, I mean I can understand why I think I think I've put them in the winners more so because I don't think a lot of teams have done great business mm. and I, I just think they clearly had players they needed to go out and get and they got players to fill those gaps I, I think I th- the reason I think that I'd have them on losers I think the fact that Fernandez deal took so long first of all reveals the turmoil going on inside the club and 
missing, and you've got to look at the Bundesliga and say missing out on Haaland. Erling Haaland has been in sensational form at Dortmund. I think he's got seven in three games. Yeah, like, no, he's he's been a superb signing for Dortmund. Like, everyone knew the talent the lad had, and some there was a bit of a rumbling that maybe without the supply of Minamino and Huang Hee Chan, he might not perform to the same level. But now he's gone to a team where he's getting supply from Sancho, Royce, and long balls over the top from Hummels as well. Yeah, and Man United have some top players that. Well, top players when they're on well, when form. they're on the I mean, I think if you did look at Manuel Sani, if you put Haaland in there instead of Igalo, yeah, I think we'd always talk about what a good window they've had. Yeah, but you know, I I see what you're saying, and looking at it now, maybe I'd put Sheffield United up there instead of United. Maybe yeah. maybe I forgot about them. Yeah, um, but I I think they've done better than maybe I expected them to. Yeah, but maybe that says more about how poor Man United have been yeah. over the last couple of years in terms of their transfers and their performances. Yeah. Having said that, who are your three losers? Who's in the relegation zone this um, week? Well, it's a good question. I don't know. Are Bournemouth still in there? Irrespective of they are, they're going to be yeah. one of my losers because they didn't sign anyone. And for a team that's struggling, had its defensive issues as well. Yeah, I, I know they've Injuries. sort of stepped up the last sort of couple of games. They've done slightly better, but, you know, they're just... They needed more, I think. Yeah. You know, I know Callum Wilson started scoring again, but if he goes for another goal drought, I don't see where the goals are going to come from. Yeah. And it's just need they needed players. Yeah. They didn't get them. Needed a, a bit more, a bit more quality to their team as well, didn't they? Mm-hmm. Um, and without bringing anyone, without with due respect to the Bournemouth players, these are Premier League professionals. Some of them not performed this season and. Mm, yeah, I think that they're a team that have overperformed over a series of years that yeah. are maybe coming down to the level that you might expect a lot of those players to be at. Yeah. Who who would you have this is sort of second? Who's um who's your next who's next on the losers list? I'm just looking looking through them. It's hard to say. I mean maybe, I was gonna say Brighton, but no, they they got Aaron Moy on a permanent deal from Huddersfield. Yeah. So I think I think that's all they needed to do really because they're doing okay in the league. Um, you know, I'll put, I'll put Chelsea in there, actually. Going to go for Chelsea? Didn't sign anyone, as we said earlier. and I think they would have wanted to sign someone. I think Lampard at his press conference looked frustrated Yeah. That they didn't have any new players. Yeah. So I put them in there. I know they're, they're doing okay in the league. Yeah. But I think they would have wanted to improve. Yeah. They didn't do that. And you know what? Maybe I'll put Everton in there as well. Everton as well? Again, the signs, Jared... Brathwaite? I don't know. He's from Carlisle. Um, it's not an exciting signing, is it? Mm, I think that would be one for the, the youth team. Yeah. And I think with Anche- Ancelotti, isn't yeah, it? Ancelotti, yeah, Ancelotti, the manager, yeah. He, with him coming in, you would have wanted him to maybe bring more players in yeah. to really bolster that team and get them playing yeah. the way he wanted to. Do you think Everton, though, is more of a, we're looking at, let's term it a project side, in which... Yeah. We can't expect much in this window. I'm... Yeah, possibly they are looking more towards the summer and yeah. doing some real business then, but I just think surely there was someone out there that could yeah. come in and improve their team. Yeah, I mean, on paper, I mean, certainly Ancelotti has turned them into a better side than they were. Yeah, they've definitely improved, but I think for a manager like of that calibre, you'd want players to come in of a similar calibre 
that can really yeah. take Everton to his level. Yeah. Obviously, a big name in Ancelotti is a manager. You would, he saw a couple of links with bigger stars than maybe you'd yeah. expect to see at Everton, but certainly but only making one signing that may well be for the yeah. youth or reserve team is... yeah. It's is disappointing. I mean, yeah. it's not it's not the worst in the world. Don't get me yeah. wrong, but I mean, the, the argument would be that Everton probably won't expect much from their season. Yeah, true. It's I think it's another season of mid table and upper maybe upper mid table at best. Um, not going to be challenging for Europe. They just didn't have a good good enough start. No. Um, knew that within a few games. So. Yeah, I mean, personally for me, I'd, I'd swap them out for Manchester United, as I've, as I've said. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. And yeah. as I said, maybe I'd put United over um, Sheffield United over Manchester United. Yeah. Now that I'm looking at it again. But I think overall, the transfer window, I think, was a bit disappointing. Yeah, it's, it's certainly not, the, not got the same draw as the end of the summer transfer windows that you expect no sort of not as often as big name deals obviously yeah. Bruno Fernandes you can argue was the big name signing but I mean when what most people are talking about is my United signing Igalo and how yeah. funny that is yeah it's not a bit of an exciting yeah. window, it, again I think it just lifts the lid of what's going on at United at the moment and yeah it's yeah it doesn't look it's not ideal not, not great for them is it right then we have come to the end of the first podcast the transfer special I believe we have wrapped up somewhat com- uh, comprehensively. Yeah, I think we talked about for the most comfort of, the of our armchairs. Yeah, nice. I've got a nice comfortable one today. Yeah, lean back on it. It's nice and good. Um, I'm sure nice we missed something. Good. Nice and good. <laughs> Two positive things about it. Yes. Um, you know, so I'm sure we've missed something, but yeah, I think we've covered all the key ones. Yeah. So anyway, please do like the podcast. Do give us a rating. Um, really helps out. Yeah, share it with your friends if you want to annoy yeah. them. Yeah, so I'm sure every listener loves talking to two blokes and listening to two blokes who potentially don't know that much about football. Yeah, I mean, who does know anything about it yeah. these days? It's all subjective, isn't it? We've all got yeah. opinions. It's all just football, mate. Yeah. It's a funny old game, isn't it? 